thank you for joining me today for our question and answer session. Matter of fact, um, on our previous question and answer section, it's one of the most popular sections that we recorded. And so that tells us that, that really people are looking for answers at this particular time. And how wonderful to know that we can go to current events and we can correlate the things that are taking place today with what the Bible said would take place in the last days. And so we want to do a few of the questions that you've uh, sent in to us, some by text, some by phone, some by email. But here's the first one. Do you think the current events show us that we're heading for a one-world government? And that's a great question. And the reason I say that is because, you know, the Bible is so emphatic about the, the fact that the last governmental system headed by the Antichrist will be, indeed be a one-world government system. But I want to do it in, in uh, setting a base for it by looking at the past, the present, and then what God says in the Bible about what the future will be in terms of a one-world government. And if we go to the past, I'd have to go back to Genesis. Because remember, after the flood, when, when Noah and his family came out of the flood, and yes, I really believe that there was a man named Noah. I really believe that, that it was only he and his children that were preserved in the ark through the flood. And, uh, and so God says this in, in chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And so it was the plan of God really for, for Noah and his family to, to spread out to fill the earth. And now, just two chapters later, we find that in opposition to that, in chapter 11, verse 1, it says, And the whole earth was of one language and one speech. It came to pass that they journeyed from east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar to dwell there. And they said this, Come, let us make brick, burn them thoroughly, and, and come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. And so the point, really, of the Tower of Babel was that they would become one world government. Matter of fact, they were going to combine religion and government. And Nimrod, who was in charge of this, uh, he's, he was called the, the mighty rebel, even in scripture, even in history. And remember, he was the one that said, "This we'll, we'll build a tower, we'll stand on that tower, we'll reach our hand to God, and we will touch, we will become gods. And so this is a famous picture, really, of, of how people have pictured the, uh, the Tower of Babel. Matter of fact, this was a, a picture that was used even when the United uh, Europe came apart, the, the common market came together, and they used this as one of their symbols. And so I'd say in the past, there's certainly been the attempt of man to unite under one governmental head. And it doesn't stop there. But remember, in one of our lessons in the book of Daniel, we saw how that, that there was an image. And this image, remember, had a, a number of different metals representing different countries. We'll look at that in a moment. But toward the end, there was iron legs, I think speaks of the two sides of the Roman Empire. And then there were feet, part of clay, part of iron. And the Bible says that that there would be a stone that would come, this is Daniel chapter 2, and that stone would come, not cut with the hands of men, not man-made. And it would be the kingdom of God, and it would hit the image, not in the knee, not in the legs, but in the toes. When those toes form, when, the, when those ten parts come, then we would see the kingdom of God coming, I think, to set up a millennial kingdom. So these are two pictures from the past. And they both point to the fact that there would be a time that man would try to have a, a one-world government. Now, let's look at the present. Because to me, it's very interesting that in the present time, we have the United Nations dividing the entire world under a plan called Agenda 21. 
so you can kind of get an idea when they think it's going to come into place. But the United Nations take and they divide the entire world into ten regions. Here they are. These aren't something that I've designed or some Christian organization has designed, but the United Nations says we're going to do divide the world up into ten parts. I just wonder if that doesn't correlate to something that the Bible says, because now if you go to the book of Daniel again, remember here's this image. And we looked at it last week in our lesson, but remember each of the different parts of the image, Babylon, the head of gold, two arms, the Medes and the Persians, the belly and the thighs of, of bronze, speaking of Alexander the Great and the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, the, the two iron legs, and then there was a revived Rome. In other words, there was still iron in the toes and the feet, but there's something mixed with the clay. And so here are, are these items that Daniel saw. But you see, prior to Daniel's vision, we had the, the Bible talking about other kingdoms that, that ruled Jerusalem and ruled the world. And so here's how you would do it historically. You'd say it would begin with Assyria and then Egypt. And now we come to Babylon, Medes and the Persians, Alexander the Great and the Grecians, and Rome. Now, why, why does that line up so well with history, perfect with history? Why does it line up so well with the Bible? Because Revelation chapter 17. And if you get this, you'll, you'll begin to see the pattern of what we call the, the one world government striving of people. Well, here's what it says. Revelation chapter 17, verse 10. It says, Now there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is and the other's not yet come, and when he comes he'll only reign a short period of time. Let's go back and do our math again. He says this, seven kings, five are fallen. So let's say Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, Medes and the Persians, Alexander the Great and the Grecians, five are fallen, one is right now. Now, when Revelation was written, let's say 96 AD, who was in power? It would be Rome. So this image is perfectly correct. This story it makes perfect sense. Five are fallen, one is right now, and then he says, the next one that comes, it will only have a short space. Here's what's interesting. When it comes for a short space, there's going to be such traumatic times on the earth, let's just say it's the tribulation, that these ten toes, or ten divisions, give their power to the Antichrist. Here's what the Bible says, Revelation 17:11, And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth. He comes out of the seventh and goes into perdition. So somehow these ten divisions, whether toes, or if you want to look at the United Nations picture, these ten divisions, they breathe this Antichrist. He comes to power. The book of Daniel says, Presently he may be a little toe, a little horn, and when he comes to power, he will, he will have the others submit to him. Now, Revelation goes on to say this, The beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. He is out of the seventh, goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. I, I personally think that the world will be into ten regions in, sometime in the tribulation period of time. The time of the tribulation is going to be so horrible because of these famines, because of the earthquakes, because of the pestilence, the disease, because of the wars, because of, of all the judgment that comes. There's a judgment in which one-fourth of all the world population dies in one single judgment. We're, we're talking one and a half billion people. 
And so it says this, they're going to give, they're going to have one mind, they're, they're going to give their power and their strength unto the beast. And that's when the beast begins to think, wow, I, I really have everything conquered. I'm, I'm in control. We're talking now Revelation 11, 12, 13. This, this is where the Bible describes this. This is the summary in Revelation chapter 17. But let me show you the plan of God. As the beast tries to get everything to come into a one world government, here's what the Bible has promised a long time ago. Matter of fact, the passage is so unique because in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 33, it's the story of the birth of Jesus. Let me show you how precise God is, how wonderful he is. Verse 30, And the angel said unto her, That would be Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, and he shall be great. And he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now there's some great predictions there. Number one, God predicted to Mary that she would have a baby. Do you understand that this was a virgin? Never before and never again would a virgin give birth, but God predicted that would happen. And then not only would she give birth, but it would be a son. And not only would it be a son, but here's what his name would be. God's three for three. Mary, a virgin, gave birth. Mary, a, a virgin, gave birth to a son. And Mary, a virgin, gave birth to a son, and they named him Jesus. But here's another prediction. He said, equal to that, there's going to be a time when he will, he will rule and he'll reign, and of his kingdom there will be no end. How do I know that that kingdom hasn't come and gone? Here's why. Because once his kingdom begins, there will be no end. I think the kingdom of God, as shown by the, the stone that hit the image in the feet, in the ten divisions, the ten toes, once that begins, there'll be no end to the kingdom of God. Now, in the meantime, we have man trying to come to a one-world government, politically, religiously, economically. Revelation chapter 13 talks about how all power was given unto him. That's political. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15, he wants worship. That's religious. Revelation 17, it talks about how that, that he'll get sick of the religious element. He'll, he'll actually, the, the beast will do the religious element in, the, the heart of it. He has a false bride. Jesus is a true bride. The church, the, the Antichrist, he'll have a false bride. Chapter 17, verse 6, it says that the political will devour the religious. Chapter 18, it says that the whole world's economic system will collapse. All three of these, political, religious, economic, were under his control. Look at this. One of my favorite articles of all time showing how the Bible is coming true. Paul Spock, one of the founders of the, of the modern European Union, said this. We do not want another committee. We have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people, to lift us up out of the economic morass in which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or the devil, and we'll receive him. I, I really believe the, the world is looking for that. Look how many people have tried to make a, a one-world government. And if you think it's not a, a current situation, notice this. April the 20th, 2020. We're talking just less than two months ago. Here's, here's what the Pope says. Now is the time to build a new world order without inequalities and justice. The current pandemic situation, the, the medical situation, the, the disease situation, we need a collective future. We need one that sees the whole human race as one and holds all the earth's gifts in common. My friend, they've been striving for a one world government 
and they're trying to bring it in. Yes, I think the Bible does speak of a one world government. It will be headed by the devil, by the Antichrist, and I think we're, we're headed that way. Well, here's another question. Where does the Bible say the marriage supper of the Lamb is in heaven? Well, I think it does take place in heaven. I think the Bible does say that. So let me read to you in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verses beginning with verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of, of the saints. And he said to me, Write, Blessed are they that are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. You see, this scene begins with the rapture of the church. And when the church, the bride of Christ, remember we talked about how it was parallel to a Jewish wedding, he comes, he calls, and the bride comes up with him. And they go to the Father's house. And they have a, a seven-day period. It would correspond on the earth to the seven years of tribulation in which they, they consummate the marriage, the marriage vows. And then at the end of the seven-day wedding ceremony, they reveal themselves to the public. He introduces his bride to all the guests that come. And so that's why I think the rapture of the church is a picture of that bride being taken to his father's house. That's what Jesus said in John 14. And then after those seven days or seven years, remember he will come back and he'll come back to the earth and he'll bring his bride with him. Now, in Revelation chapter 17, this is the scene that takes place in heaven. And he says, let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride, that's the church, hath made herself ready. I think it does occur in heaven. And that's where the marriage supper of the lamb takes place. You know, I always like to end these question and answer sessions with this question for you. So you give me questions and I give you a question. Are you ready? There's not one of us here that can deny that we're not looking at a one world government movement over the whole world. Whether it's because we're tied together with the internet or, or with our, our great travel situation. But here's what I know. The Bible says that when that occurs, it'll be a perfect time for the Antichrist to try to take over. And that's what we're watching. But before he can take over, remember, before he's ever revealed, the Bible says that Christ will come. My friend, I hope you're ready. How can you be ready? The way to be ready is to receive Christ as your Savior. There, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation, but here's what you can do. By faith, you can admit to God that you're a sinner. You're short of his holy standard. And by faith, you can look back to the cross and say, Jesus, you had no sin when you died, but you died for my sins and you receive Christ as your personal Savior. I hope you'll do that now. And if you do know Christ, what a time for us to be looking for Jesus to come, to be ready, ready by telling others about Christ, ready by having our life to be holy and acceptable unto Him. May you do that today. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for the Word of God that answers so many of our questions and gives us a hope for the future. And Father, I pray today that some will receive Christ even now as they ask themselves, are we ready for Christ to come? In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to ask a question of Dr. Linstead and or Bible Truth and Prophecy, please email us at the Bible Truth and Prophecy, or BTIP as we call it, email address. That's BibleTipNow at gmail.com. B-I-B-L-E-T-I-P-N-O-W at gmail.com. 
We look forward to hearing from you.